When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. All right, so Matt, every morning I get up, I go have my coffee, and then I announce to the family that I'm going to go jogging, and then I don't. It's a running joke. (laughs) (laughs) Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is Graveyard Tales. <laughs> All right, everybody, here we are again. Matt, how you doing tonight, brother? Man, I'm doing okay. Excellent. Excellent. So it's another beautiful day in the graveyard. <laughs> That's right. That's I'm actually right. here at the house by myself tonight, uh-huh. which is odd. So... Uh, if you hear anybody talking in the background, please tell me because it's not my family and I'm going to have to go do something about it. Um, but before we get into it, I want to say go check out the Podbelly Network at podbelly.com. You can find a list of shows that we're happy to be associated with and you can find tips and tricks on podcasting if you're interested in that. So go over there, podbelly.com and check them out. We want to thank tonight's sponsors, HelloFresh and Fume. And we'll talk more about them coming up in the episode. Also, while you're on the internet doing your thing, send over your listener stories because we're still accepting listener stories. We will be until like December 1st or so. Um, cause every year we want to do our Christmas listener stories episode, and we would like to have y'all get involved in it this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, We're celebrating this tradition of the Victorian tradition of telling ghost stories around the fire on Christmas Eve. Um, So we need those stories. And you guys have done so well in the past. We know you're going to knock it out of the park again this year. So send them on in, you know, get it in early so that we can ensure that it's going to be on the show. Yep, exactly. And it's become a Graveyard Tales tradition. We've done it since the very first year that we started this show. So we want to keep it going. And like Matt said, y'all always knock it out of the park. And we've already gotten a few of them. So keep them coming. So Matt, that's all I've got for the housekeeping here. So why don't you tell us, what are we talking about tonight, brother? Well, before we get into that, I got Uh-oh. something I wanted to show you. And I wanted your reaction. I didn't tell you about this. Oh, okay. All right. So do you know what bitty boomers are? Nope. Okay, so bitty boomers are the really. I think they're they're trying to be the new Funko Pop. Okay, mm. they are these tiny Bluetooth speakers. Okay, about yay big. They, mm. They're mostly egg shaped, and they they have characters. You know, you can get the Disney characters. They have some with you know football teams and uh, you know movies cartoon characters, you know, everything from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to whatever. Right. Okay. 
I, I think I bought one for one of the kids when they first came out, had Fortnite character on it. Well, I found this one the other day, and I have no need for another Bluetooth speaker, but I thought this was too cool because this one isn't egg-shaped like all the rest. Hmm. So I'm going to get this on camera. Oh, well, that's cool. I like so that. If, if you're watching the video, you're seeing what I'm showing. This is a miniature Bluetooth speaker that is Thing from the Adams family. Yeah, I love more, that. More specifically, this is the version of Thing that's in the Netflix show Wednesday. Yeah, because <laughs> it's all stitched up and stuff. And it just sits. It just sits. I can't. I can't. I'll go the wrong way. It just sits up. That's cool. <laughs> so I, I mean, was like. This is to too. This those. is too. It's too daggum cool. I I gotta have this for the graveyard. Yeah. And so, I, I may like, have to look into those because and it uh, and it works. I mean, it really it really sounds good for. Oh, we should say hashtag not get. a sponsor. But yeah, they are not a sponsor. They could be they, if Biddy Boomer wants to hit us up. They, that's right. <laughs> we do not mind promoting like, Bluetooth speakers. I was like that is cool, and I had yet. I had yet to, I just picked it up yesterday. I had yet to tell Adam about it. And I was like, I'm just going to tell him on the show. <laughs> yeah, I like it. So on that note, Matt, since, <laughs> since you're telling us stuff, why don't you tell us? What are we talking about tonight, brother? All right. So tonight, Adam and I are going to dig into a theory um, that's hundreds of years old. Uh, and this is the hollow earth theory. Okay. the The idea that. The earth is not uh, as we think it is. It's not solid with this molten core. Um, like we understand it's this, it's the theory that I thought it, it was just like, I told Adam, I thought it meant it was like a gumball. Okay. Yeah. We're all on the outside on the crust and the inside is just open space. That's not exactly what it is. Nope. And, and it's, it's far more complicated than that. Okay, and I'm not going to attempt to explain it. I'm going to leave that to Adam. Oh, good. Um, but it's it, it's it's fascinating. And what is so fascinating to me is when this theory arrived. Yeah. You know, the the time that it became, a, a, you know, a a popular idea. I'm going to say idea because I don't think it ever really took off completely. Um. But uh, but let's get into it, Adam. Let's talk about what what hollow earth really means. So. All right. You'll have to forgive me. I've got like a tickle in my throat that I can't get rid of for some reason. So I, I apologize. Well, if if you'd quit shoving that feather down your throat, then maybe it'd go away. <laughs> but it's my kink, Matt. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't kink shame me. <laughs> He looks like Sylvester with all these feathers coming out of his mouth. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's my thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, before we get into it, we'll say go check our sources down at the bottom of the show notes. You can find where we found all this information. You can continue the research. So what is the theory? Well, basically, the hollow earth theory is that the earth is just a shell with walls about 800 miles or so thick. Now, in the polar regions... There, they say that there are holes 1,400 miles across with edges that curve smoothly from the outside of the shell around to the inside. 
a sea or surface traveler could proceed over an edge of the hole like an ant crawling over the lip of a coffee mug from the outside to the inside and not be aware that he was actually entering the interior of the earth. I see that. And we were talking about that before we started recording. I, and my, my brain cannot compute this, right? This idea that you wouldn't know. Yeah. You wouldn't yeah. realize. Cause I'm thinking if you, if you get what he's saying, you know, essentially it's, Okay, the earth's got a hole in the top and a hole in the bottom. And at first I thought, is it like a tube? So the earth looks like a giant bead, you oh, know, yeah, with a yeah. with a tube right through the center. And it's not that. It's just that it it folds under itself. And I'm thinking, at what point do they go, hey, where'd the sky go? Right, right. You know, we didn't realize we went over the lip. I mean, how subtle does that got to be? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you're, I like that analogy of the ant, but I'm thinking, you know, the ant's going to realize it's now going down instead of up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that would be my thing is gravity pulling on you differently. Yeah. But yeah. Now in 1692, astronomer Edmund Haley, yes, the same one that Haley's comet is named after, speculated in a paper that the earth was hollow. Looking at the Earth's magnetic field, Haley noticed that it was shifting and variable. So he believed that this was because the Earth was hollow and that the magnetic fields were being thrown off by three inner shells within the Earth, each with its own magnetic poles. So if you don't really understand the composition of the Earth, then yeah, you you would you could draw that inference from watching the magnetic field of the Earth shift. Right. And in 1692, they did not understand the the composition of the earth. Right. Right. Now, Haley imagined the objections of critics of the theory, including that the outer shell could crumble and descend with gravity onto the inner circle, revealing the surface to the, quote, mole people below, essentially like this. Haley believed that the shell's were, quote, lined throughout with a magnetic, magnetical matter, or rather to be one great concave magnet, end quote. Or so the shell is kept up, given that magnetism is a stronger force than gravity. Really running wild with the theory, Haley proposed that there may be life down there, arguing that otherwise it would be pointless. So he's saying that there is a magnetic field to each of the shells and they act like positive poles. So they're constantly pushing away from one another. Yeah. And I I love this, uh, this argument that there's gotta be life down there. Otherwise it would be pointless. Right. I right. think I I've heard people use a similar, similar argument for life on other planets. Right. Because it's, Okay, if if we have all these planets and all these other galaxies, there's got to be life there. Otherwise, what would be the point? And right. What's the point in having that, other planets? That is yeah. that is such a human view. <laughs> <laughs> True. If it's not human, then it's not crap. You know, that's yeah. kind of the way it feels. You know, it's just like well, we're just a part of this universe, really. Um 
I, I don't know if 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 we're gone, the universe is still going to be here. So it's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of a little bit of hubris there. Uh, yeah. But I get I get what he's saying in in our understanding. Why would it be this way? Mm-hmm. If there mm-hmm. wasn't something living there, why would it exist at all? Right. Right. Yeah. Now, quote, since it is now taken for granted that the Earth is one of the planets and they are all with reason supposed habitable, why then should we think it strange that this prodigious mass of matter should serve only to support its surface? Why may not we rather suppose that it it so disposed by the almighty wisdom as to yield as great a surface for the use of living creatures as can consist with the conveniency and security of the whole, he wrote. So basically, he's expounding on what we just talked about, that if this whole thing was made, why not make all of it inhabitable? Yeah. Is what he's saying. So he's, and and Haley's an interesting cat because, you know, he's he's basically telling you that he he's a creationist. Mm-hmm. And... You know, he believes in in divine intervention that led to the formation, you know, of the universe, definitely of the earth. So that with that, again, I think you're you you have a tendency to put human views on an almighty being who would have said, oh, well, I can. I can put a little inside thing here and I can put mm-hmm. more animals and creatures there. Right. You know, even then I think that that's, it's odd to think that we would, we, if, if there is an, an almighty creator that we would have any clue what his thought process or her thought process would be right. in the creation of the universe. Right. Well, he also added that quote, we ourselves in cities, where we are pressed for room, commonly build many stories, one over the other, and thereby accommodate a much greater multitude of inhabitants. So he's saying, why not have like stories of earth levels? Yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> we're turning the earth into a giant condominium. Mm-hmm. Basically. Now, there are many variations of hollow earth theory some of which propose everything from there being an underground kingdom called Agartha or that there are Nazis lurking inside the hollow earth space and biding their time. Oh, and yeah, I, yeah. That, I, that, I love I've that. I've heard that one. Yeah, that's just the, the Third Reich went underground in the hollow earth to bide their time. Yeah, and other believers um, have gone as far as to say that aliens are down there, Vikings. Um, oh. Dude, if Vikings are down there, I'm going. That's right. I'm, I'm going. <laughs> but they have to be exactly like they were. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't want to go down there and meet like modern Vikings. No. You know, now, Vikings with smartphones. Well, you know? and, and here's a here's a funny aside to that, but it proves what you're saying. Um and and that when I told Ashley this, she said this sounds like one of your BS stories because I have a tendency I'll make stuff up to her and Michael, and it's totally BS, but I say it so straight that she thinks I'm serious. This is not, this is 100% true. There was a Viking king named Bluetooth. Yes, yes, there was. 
he is the reason that Bluetooth is named Bluetooth because he was a great communicator and brought Viking clans together. Yes. The logo for Bluetooth is his name, the initials for Bluetooth in that, whatever that, form that runic, they used. That the runic, runic alphabet. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't want to go down there and find Bluetooth using Bluetooth speakers is basically <laughs> where I was going. <laughs> but isn't that the coolest story? I remember the first time I saw that, I was like, I, to just know that that there were there was people that said, "All right, we got to name this technology," and they went all they looked into history mm-hmm. and found all that and and did it. I, uh, that, I know I that love stuff. It. That stuff blows me away. I, love I know it. I love it. But uh, but, but yeah, you know, Adam, they also believe. <laughs> but we got off on Vikings. But uh, you said the Nazis. Um, how about uh, this theory? Is great. Adam and Eve. Oh the yeah, gar- the Garden of Eden was actually underground. Hmm. And when they were banished from the Garden of Eden, they were banished to the surface. Okay. All right, you got to right. go to the surface. And then the same in the same biblical vein, the lost tribes of Israel migrated from the the surface to the inside. Oh, okay. And so that's how they became lost. All right. I mean, you know, it's just. I I love the theories because yeah <laughs> it's like if the earth is hollow you can't 100% disprove that <laughs> you, yeah exactly you, you can't so <laughs> I love it because it's like well maybe <laughs> I don't know anything goes on down there yeah I've heard dinosaurs <laughs> and stuff still down there yeah, yeah. everything um, but I mentioned Agartha so we need to look at Agartha. Now, Agartha is a legendary city that is said to reside in the Earth's core and is the center of the hollow Earth theory. The capital of Agartha is known as Shambhala or Shangri-La. And Matt and I have talked about doing... The halls of Shambhala. Yeah. Remember that song? I do, unfortunately. Um, (laughs) Matt and I have talked about doing like an episode on Shangri-La because it's supposed Uh to be, you know, this mythical city where it's like heaven. Mm-hmm. But apparently, Agartha, in the Hollow Earth, the capital city is Shambhala, so it is heaven there in Hollow Earth. Now there are said to be several entrances to the kingdom of Agartha throughout the world. Some of the entrances are found on planetary grid points. Uh, it says indwells and outwells of energy. So let's look at a few of these supposed entrances to the hollow earth, the Kentucky mammoth cave. Oh yeah. Now I, I told you before we started rolling, Matt, to me, if there's going to be a hollow earth, the entrance is not going to be a 1400 square mile hole at the pole. It's going to be through caves. Yeah. We're going to have to get there through caves. So I, this one, if it's legit, I, yeah, I believe that the mammoth cave system is the entrance one of the entrances. Um, also, Manaus, Brazil, Morona, Santiago in Ecuador, Mount uh, Epameo in Italy, the Himalayan Mountains in Tibet, and that's where most um, Tibetans say Shambhala is, is in the Himalayan Mountains. So if that's the case, 
maybe they're not far off. You do have to go into the Himalayan mountains to get to Shambhala. It's not on the peak. You have to go down. Maybe that's why nobody's found it. Uh, Mongol Mongolia, or more exact, the border of Mongolia and China, Rama, India, through the Great Pyramid, through King Solomon's Mine, obviously the North and South Poles, like we said, and Mount Shasta, California. And that's interesting that Mount Shasta is on this list because if you remember back when we did an episode about all the weird stuff that happens in and around Mount Shasta, one of the ideas that we touched on was that there was this ancient civilization that lived under the mountain. Mm-hmm. And that yep. these disappearances were people that had found an entrance to this underground civilization. Right, right. And, you know, and, and then they, they go a step further and say that they could be reptilian and all, all this stuff. But it's, it's interesting that Mount Shasta shows up here and there is all those weird disappearances that have right. happened around that area. Yeah. Could there be something to it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but it 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 just it makes it interesting. Make, right. it, it makes me think: Did one of these begat the other one? Like because so, there's all yeah. that weird stuff and the theories that have come out about could there be something underground at Mount Shasta? Is that why it's on this list, or yep. vice versa? Yeah, it, it's possible. Um, now we need to look at the inhabitants of the hollow earth because like Haley said if there's nobody down there what's the point right so right uh, now apparently the old ones are supposed to live there and you've heard me talk about the old ones i i believe that there are old entities on the earth that have been around since creation but let's look at what they say here in an article entitled the hollow earth myth or reality from for Atlantis Rising, Brad Steiger writes of the legends of Old Ones, an ancient race that populated the surface surface world millions of years ago and then moved underground. Quote, the Old Ones, an immensely intelligent and scientifically advanced race, Steiger writes, have chosen to structure their own environment under the surface of the planet and manufacture all their necessities. The old ones are hominid, extremely long-lived, and predate Homo sapiens by more than a million years. The old ones generally remain aloof from the surface peoples, but from time to time, they have been known to offer constructive criticism, and it has been said they often kidnap human children to tutor and rear as their own. All right, Matt, so let's take a second and talk about HelloFresh. Now, with HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip the annoying trips to the grocery store, and you can count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable, and that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Now, the holidays, they're right around the corner, and HelloFresh can help take the stress out of dinner by delivering everything you need to cook up a tasty meal right to your door, which saves you tons of time. And it's true. We just did it. We got our box in. And a night or two ago, we we made, it's, it's chicken street bowls is what it was called. And it's like chicken thigh meat uh, mm-hmm. that diced up on yellow rice 
with like a cream sauce and pita bread. And oh, dude, yeah. that was so good. Man, I, it sounds good. Oh, that was so good. I couldn't. I I ate more than I should have because it was one of those things. It's like I'm full, but I want to taste this some more. So I went back and got more. <laughs> <laughs> I like chewing this. <laughs> <laughs> the holiday season can be hectic. And that's where HelloFresh's 15-minute meals come in. These quick fixes help you get a wholesome meal on the table in less time than it takes to get delivery. That's wild. And and my kids absolutely love delivery. <laughs> True. I mean, I could, I could have a mountain of food in the house. Can, can we order out? Can we? Mm-hmm. No. But I'm telling you what, if that HelloFresh box is there... They're not wanting delivery. Yep, that's true. <laughs> they want HelloFresh. And just like always, HelloFresh's ingredients travel from the farm to your door, so you know they're fresh. And everything arrives pre-portioned, so you can get right to cooking quickly. All right, so if you want to get on this train and help yourself out for the holidays, go to HelloFresh.com slash free. That's G-R-A-V-E-Y-A-R-D-F-R-E-E and use our promo code GRAVEYARDFREE for free breakfast for life. That is one breakfast item per box while your subscription is active. That's right. Go to HelloFresh.com slash GRAVEYARDFREE and use our code GRAVEYARDFREE, G-R-A-V-E-Y-A-R-D-F-R-E-E, and you can get free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while your subscription is active. Remember, free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash GRAVEYARDFREE with code GRAVEYARDFREE. So, I mean... What if weird sightings of cryptids and stuff or things coming up from the old ones down there? Ah, that's, that's an idea. You know, well, we don't, we don't find dead cryptids, mm-hmm. you know, they big, Bigfoot's they, a, an old one, maybe. That's right. You know, or, you know, he comes up, he goes back down, he knows mm-hmm. how to get in and out and we don't. He's so. a hominid and... They say he uses caves a lot, so maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's that's an interesting thought. I really hadn't considered that, but. Yeah. Um, the Elder Race. Now, one of the most controversial tales of inner earth dwellers is a so-called Shaver mystery. In 1945, Amazing Stories magazine, under the editorship of Ray Palmer, ran a story told by Richard Shaver, who claimed he had recently been the guest of what remained of an underground civilization. Although few really believe the story, and many suspect that Shaver may actually have have been psychotic, Shaver always averred that his story was true. So I think when people, especially with this story, um when when people think about an underground civilization, they don't think deep enough. I mean, they're they're thinking like, you know, somebody has they they've dug down about two hundred feet, right? And, and there they are. But when you bring this up with Hollow Earth, it's it's way, 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 way oh. down there. 
800 yeah. miles at least. Yeah. And I don't know if that makes it more or less believable, but I think yeah. the idea that there would be a race of people, you know, essentially just under the surface, you know, a civilization, mm -hmm. I think that makes it completely unbelievable. I think that, you know, I don't think anyone believes that there's people that close to us or, or even a, a, an elder race that's that close to the surface that we right. haven't interacted with yet. Right. Right. Now, Shaver contended that the elder race or the Titans came to this planet from another solar system in our prehistoric past. After a time of living on the surface, they realized our sun was causing them to age prematurely. So they escaped underground, building huge subterranean complexes in which they lived. Eventually, they decided to seek a new home on a new planet, evacuating the Earth and leaving behind their underground cities populated by artificial beings, the evil Darrow, or the detrimental robots, and the good Tarot, integrated robots. And it was these beings that Shaver claimed to have met. I don't know. It's, That's, yeah, it, 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 gets, it gets a little out there. Now, ancient philosophy states that Agartha was first colonized thousands of years ago when a holy man led a tribe to the underground. The people have scientific knowledge and expertise far beyond that of the people who live on the surface of the planet. Buddhist theories suggest there to be a race of supermen and superwomen who occasionally come to the surface to oversee the development of the human race. It's also believed that this subterranean world has millions of inhabitants and many cities. The king of this world is believed to have given orders to the Dalai Lama of Tibet, who is his terrestrial representative. His messages are transmitted through certain secret tunnels connecting the inner world of Ag Agartha with Tibet. So the, um, the, the people there are su supposed to talk with the Dalai Lama who then translates the message to us. Well, and, and the Dalai Lama is considered to be divine. You know, mm -hmm. he's, he's God on earth. Um, but it, there's that connection between Shangri-La and the Himalayas again. Right. Right. You know, so if, if, if Shangri-La is somewhere or the entrance to it is somewhere in the Himalayas, then, you know, a, a holy man in Tibet would would be connected, you know, to uh, Agartha to be receiving this information from the king. You know, mm -hmm. it just it all kind of fits in like that, right. like just a little puzzle. Right. Now, this next one is one I've heard many times and for a long time. Um, among the Native American peoples, the Navajo legends teach that the forerunners of man came from beneath the earth. The ancient ones had supernatural powers, but were driven from their caverns by a great flood. Once on the surface, they passed on their great knowledge to the human race before once again seeking their great sanctuary. The P Pueblo Indians mythology also places their God's place of origin in the inner earth. The inner world was supposedly connected to the surface people by a hole in the north. The ancient writings of Chinese, Egyptian, 
and Eskimos speak of great openings in the north and of a race of people who live under the Earth's crust. These writings say that their ancestors came from the Paradise Land in the Earth's interior. So I've heard that for a long time, mm-hmm. that there's a lot of Native American legends about ant people and people who come from the inner Earth that started the civilization on the surface. Yeah, I've I've heard similar things too. Just kind of, and I and I've I'll be honest, I've just kind of passed over them. They're interesting legends, but when you look at them through this lens, uh, it it makes it a little more interesting. Right, right. Now, in India, there is an actual belief still held by some in a subterranean race of serpent people who dwell in the cities Patala and Bhogavati. According to the legend, they wage war on the kingdom of Agartha. The Nagas, according to the um, to the deep dwellers, are described as a very advanced race or species with highly developed technology. They also harbor a dis- disdain for human beings whom they are said to abduct, torture, interbreed with, and even to eat. So we have legends of reptilian people here, mm-hmm. but this is the serpent people. And if you go to the east, you'll see the Naga represented in a lot of um, like Asian countries. Mm-hmm. There is the Naga, which is a big serpent. So makes me wonder. I don't know for a fact. I didn't dive if that is the connection there, but it seems to be. Here's a here's an interesting side note, I guess. <laughs> so you remember Ricky Tiki Tavi? Mm-hmm. Okay, the Rud- Rudyard Kipling book. Yeah. Um, do you remember the names of the cobras? No. Nag and Nagina. Oh, okay. So that's kind of interesting. The the Nagas, I I have not come across that term before. Huh. Before we did this research, the Nagas, I have yeah. not come across that term before. Um, so when you brought that up, that the Nagas was a, a race of serpent people, and then I th- immediately I thought, oh yeah, Nag and Nagina were the cobras in that in the book. That Rick makes Tavi. It makes me wonder if that's where Kipling got the inspiration. I'm sure. Yeah, it's pretty neat. I'm sure. You know what, Adam? Cold turkey is good on sandwiches, but when it's coming to breaking a bad habit, cold turkey is terrible. Oh, it sucks. Man, it is so hard, you know, to kick a habit and just do it one day and stop the next. Mm Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be that way. And we're not talking about some kind of weird mind voodoo uh, or, or, you know, anything. Uh, nobody's going to poke needles in you. Right. You know, nothing's going to happen. You're just going to pick up a fume. And fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device that helps you break your bad habit. Right. So think of it this way. Instead of vapor, fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, fume uses delicious flavors. 
we just replace what's bad about your habit with something good. That's right. And because not everything in a bad habit is bad. So you just replace that bad part and you've got a good habit. I mean, it's a habit that you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Your fume comes with an adjustable airflow dial and it's designed with movable parts and magnets for fidgeting. So it gives your fingers a lot of stuff to do and it's helpful in de-stressing with anxiety and everything while you're breaking your bad habit. And I know that's cool for me, the little clicky magnet Mm. thing and then you twist it and it clicks and that's fun. Oh yeah, it feels great. I mean, it's got a really, it's got a a good feel, a nice weight. And it looks cool too. It's like half wood, half metal. So it's got a nice little wood grain on the end of it. And think of it like this. Think of refreshing herbal tea. If vapor was compared to sticky soda, then fume flavors would compare to herbal tea. Not as sweet and a lot more natural and better for you. So there's places that I go where we're in that building or whatever for a long time and I I can't partake of my habit. Well, I can partake of the fume because it's just breathing through this device and it's flavored air that goes in. Nothing comes out. Nobody's the wiser. And it helps me move away from that constant dependency on my bad habit. So if you're looking to break a bad habit, then join us. Stopping is something that we all put off because it's hard. But switching to Fume is easy, it's enjoyable, and it can even be fun. Fume has served over 150,000 customers and has thousands of success stories, and there's no reason that that can't be you. Join Fume in accelerating humanity's breakup from destructive habits by picking up the journey pack today. Head to tryfume.com, that's T-R-Y-F-U-M.com, and use our code TAILS, T-A-L-E-S, to get 10% off when you get the journey pack today. So go to tryfume.com, use our code TAILS, T-A-L-E-S, to save 10% off when you get the journey pack today. Now this is, while the entrance to uh, Bhogavati is somewhere in the Himalayas, believers assert that uh, Patala can be entered through the well of Sheshna in the Benares, India. Now, says William Michael Mott in The Deep Dwellers, quote, according to herpetologist and author Sherman A. Minton, as stated in his book, Venomous Reptiles, this entrance is very real, with 40 steps which descend into a circular depression to terminate at a closed stone door which is covered in bas-relief cobras. So, maybe there is. If there's a, a a depression that they've put steps in and then a stone door with bas-relief cobras in it, mm-hmm. would that be there for no reason? You know, maybe there is a cave there that people thought was the entrance to the underworld where the Nagas lived. Yeah. And and speaking of these cobras, talking about India, have you ever seen these shows where they 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 capture these cobras for mm-hmm. people in India? Yep. And I don't know if it's like this or not. Uh I mean, I, I had I had one of my one of my closest friends in in college his family was from India. I think he he was born in Boston. But 
you know, he had been to India like once and, and he kept telling me how hot it was. Yeah. Um, but I, it, it would make you think that, that India is just lousy with cobras. Yeah. Like everywhere you go, you better look out because there's a cobra around there. And yeah, you know, cobras are, a, it's a, it, they're a very unique reptile. Um, you know, they have, they have very unique markings and behavior, you know, highly venomous. Mm-hmm. It, it's just interesting that some spit. Yeah. Some spit and spit far yeah. and accurately. So it, what's, what it's interesting about that is such a unique reptile on the surface would be in predominantly in a country that has theoretically, you know, something like this, right. you know, the, this entrance, the, these deep dwellers. Um, and again, is it, you know, did the theory come about because somebody was walking around going, God dang, this place is lousy with cobras. Yeah. Yeah. You know, wonder where they're all coming from. Well, they all live underground. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So there's gotta be something underground that's producing these, these deadly cobras. Right. Right. And, and that could be it. Well, in Tibet, there's a major mystical shrine also called Patala, which is said by the people there to sit atop an ancient cavern and tunnel system, which reaches throughout the Asian continent and possibly beyond. The Nagas also traditionally have an affinity with water, and the entrances to their underground palaces are often said to be hidden at the bottom of wells, deep lakes, and rivers. Now, the famous Russian channel Nicholas uh, Rorich, who was a channel for the ascended master El Moria, claimed that Lhasa, the capital of Tibet, was connected by a tunnel with the inner earth, Shambhala. The entrance of this tunnel was guarded by lamas who were sworn to secrecy. A similar tunnel was believed to connect the secret chambers at the base of the Great Pyramid of Giza and Agartha. Yeah. And maybe there is something at the bottom of the pyramid because we we don't know what it's for. Yeah. We haven't exactly figured out what the Pyramid of Giza is for, so it's not a burial tomb, so right. maybe it's the entrance to Shambhala. That's right. That's right. Um, you ever been up close to a llama? Once. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I was, I've been, I was near a couple of them at a petting zoo one time. Mm-hmm. The next time I have that opportunity, I'm going to walk up to that llama and I'm going to go, tell me your secrets. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> they all look like they're shady. Like they're hiding right. something from yeah. you. Yeah. What do you know? You seen the look on their face? Uh-huh. They they look like they're hiding something or holding in a fart. I don't yeah. know one of the two. And then when I wipe the spit off of me, you know, <laughs> right? I'm like man, if you didn't want to tell me, just say no. Right? You don't have to spit it's on. Not me. A spit on That's me. rude. <laughs> How rude! And you know, uh, all of these theories, especially Haley's, you know, they're 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 fascinating. They're interesting. In the modern day, we can look back at it and say, well, we understand now what they didn't understand then, um, that this is not just highly unlikely, but most likely impossible. Um, but the, uh, but the theory essentially 
has been disproved. I mean, we're, we're not discussing something that they, nobody has ever looked into. And we've got a pretty good idea of what's going on inside planet Earth. Aside for a few mysterious and ancient structures that are lurking within, which which does kind of keep this thing alive, you know, we dig down far enough and we find evidence that somebody was there at some point. When we yeah. don't know, is it were they actually underground or did the ground just cover this? Um, but it it doesn't seem the Earth is not hollow. It doesn't seem that way. Um, but instead, it's made up of the crust and the mantle and the outer and inner core, like you learned in science class in school. But the first experiment to prove that the Earth was not hollow took place in 1774. Mm. Not what I expected. But scientists use a mountain in Scotland to calculate the density of the Earth. And the team showed that the sheer mass of Mount Shihalin, who I'm saying that terribly wrong, <laughs> Shihalin, Mount Shihalin. I've, I've said it three different ways. I'll um, just go with you. Okay. Whatever so you say. They, it, it, um, the mass attracted pendulums toward it. You know, we know something, if the mass is so dense, it begins to have its own gravitational pull. Right, right. Now, using this and surveying the mountain, they were able to roughly calculate the density of the Earth, you know, which showed them it's not hollow. But since the mountain experiment, we've come up with much more sophisticated ways of looking inside our planet. And we utilize earthquakes and a technique known as seismic tomography. So when earthquakes occur, waves of energy are sent out in all directions. And by measuring the tremors from several locations at the surface, scientists can create a map of the Earth's interior. And since rocks and liquids within the Earth are of different densities, the waves move through them at different speeds, allowing geologists to figure out what type of material the waves are going through. Now, we have found some cool and unusual features using this method, but no hollow spots or mysterious underground kingdoms. Now, again, just because we haven't found them doesn't mean they don't exist. Right. But the scientific evidence sure does point to the fact that this isn't how it works. You know, that it's not hollow. There's not anything down there. But despite that, in 2007, a man planned to go on a voyage to the North Pole to find the gateway to the center of the Earth. And he was spurred on by his understanding of the hollow Earth theory, which, of course, had been disproved in 1774. Now, eventually, this, this particular project was canceled, um, which the article said, much to the dismay of the ice moles living underneath. Hmm. Um but apparently it got snarky much. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently this this voyage got got pretty far um, before it just completely you know fell apart. They had an icebreaker ship to go up there and hmm. just 
plow through the the polar ice cap until they just sailed right into the opening to the yeah. center of the hollow earth. It it didn't occur. That's a shame. But even with the evidence of the calculated density, not everyone was fully convinced that the earth was not hollow. So 50 years after the mountain experiment, Captain John Cleve Symes Jr., an American officer, uh, army officer, released his own theory on a hollow earth. In 1818, Symes issued his circular number one to, quote, each notable foreign government reigning prince, legislature, city, college, and philosophical societies throughout the Union and to individual members of our national legislature as far as the 500 copies would go. He just did everybody then. That's right. Just get it out there. Now, circular number one states, I declare that the earth is hollow and habitable within containing a number of solid concentric spheres, one within the other, and that it is open at the poles 12 or 16 degrees. I pledge my life in support of this truth, and I am ready to explore the hollow if the world will support and aid me in the undertaking. So We should have sent him. <laughs> yeah. So Symes believed that, like Haley, um, these were were essentially concentric circles in one inside the other, like Russian nesting dolls. Mm-hmm. Except Symes believed that there were five, where Haley believed that there were three. Yeah. But you know, much like Haley, he believed that there was life down there, or that human life from the surface could be sustained uh, down there. And he he wanted to find out. So after Symes Circular Number One, you know, went out, he he pretty much got ridiculed. I mean, he he mm. he got laughed off the stage essentially. Yeah. I mean, nobody was really interested in the idea of a hollow Earth, and certainly no one was up for funding uh, an expedition to go there or to even try. Uh, especially after the 1774 mountain experiment. So he was pretty much dismissed. Um, and, and that information is according to his son, Americus, you know, that said, you know, yeah, he, you know, he wrote, you know, this was, this was his theory. And, you know, he tried to pick up where his dad left off, um, but nobody was buying it. But one thing that did come of it is these openings across the planet that make it into the hollow earth, that make it below the surface, have become known as Symes holes. S Y M M E S, Symes holes. And that was um, pretty much from literature because there, there are several books um, throughout history that utilize this idea of there being a hollow earth and they're fictional, but they pull from Haley and Symes theories on how it worked, what would be there to create their, their fictional stories. Right. So 
Since Haley and Symes, scientists have amassed evidence proving the Earth isn't hollow. Andrew Campbell, a professor of geophysics at the University of Chicago, said the most straightforward explanation is that Earth's density is greater than that of the rocky layer comprising its crust. He says Earth has a density of 5.5 grams per cubic centimeter on average, counting all the mass of the planet, while rocks in the crust have a density of 2.7 grams per cubic centimeter on average. So if our planet was hollow, the density would be lower, not greater than the density of its crust. Yeah. So essentially, Campbell is saying, since the Earth gets more dense as we, as we go down, it can't be hollow. Because if it were hollow, the density would be much, much less the deeper we go. Mm-hmm. And so Adam said this earlier. It's like, well... We can't disprove this. So I looked up, if we can't disprove it, how close can we get? Right. How far can we actually drill down and find out? So I looked this up. The, the koala, the ko- it's not koala, looks like koala. The cola, K-O-L-A. The cola super deep borehole on the cola peninsula of Russia reached 12,262 meters. That's 40,230 feet. And it is the deepest penetration of the Earth's solid surface. The German Continental Deep Drilling Program at um, at 9.1 kilometers, which is 5.7 miles, has shown the Earth's crust to be mostly porous. Hmm. So it, it, when you said, you know, oh, it's porous. Well, it's just, it's not, it's not solid, just complete solid rock. You know, it's, it's got openings and, and, and so forth. It, it, I mean, it's like sediment, you know, we, you know, you don't, you don't dig and the ground is 100% solid. You know, it, it may have microscopic holes that you can't see with your eye, but it it's not 100% solid. Mm-hmm. But imagine that. I mean, imagine. I mean, 40,000 feet. Yeah. I mean, you think about That's it. Air, commercial way. airliners fly around 36,000 feet. Mm-hmm. And you think about how high that is. You can still see it. Yeah. That's how far down this cola, uh, cola super deep borehole is. Now, the theory is that the shell of the earth, the outer shell is 800 miles thick. Right. So, so we're not even we getting close. No, we wouldn't have made it to test that theory. Yeah. I mean. 5.7 miles out yeah. of 800? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you hadn't even started that journey. Right, right. So Adam's right. <laughs> we, can't, <laughs> we can't really prove this, not in the old-fashioned way. No, we've not been there, and 
you know, we have really good guesses according to the data and the studies that we've done. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think the earth is hollow. <laughs> I'm just playing yeah. devil's advocate. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm the devil's advocate for this one. You know, we, I, I believe that science is right on this one, that we do have a solid, uh, you know, or, or semi-solid core surrounded by magma with the crust floating on top of it. But we've not been able to penetrate down there to actually visualize it and see it. And we can't like do ground penetrating radar and see it. So we don't know a hundred percent that that's what it is. And Matt, you had said something about, well, we know it gets hotter Mm -hmm. as we go further down. Uh, Yeah. And I mean, scientifically, we know that. Mm -hmm. Realistically, we know that. But in the hollow earth vein, if you're talking about it, it's 800 miles thick. So if you've got an 800 mile thick outer crust, what if it itself does the goes from solid rock down to magma and then on the inside back to solid rock. So you basically uh, got yeah, an ice cream sandwich of magma. Yeah. And you've got three cores or, or even just one. You know, I'm not going for the three shell thing. We'll just say it's hollow. And what if that's the case? And that's why we have volcanoes and stuff. We do have magma down there. Yeah. It still could be hollow, but within that 800 mile crust, you have molten rock yeah. that pushes up occasionally. It's like a hot pocket. Okay. Yes. You've got that yeah. nice crust on top. And, and as you, you stick the fork in, it gets hotter as it gets you towards burn the, the middle. crap out of yourself. But if you yeah. keep pushing all the way through it, you get to the crust on the other side. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's still frozen. And uh, yeah. So, you know, you can, <laughs> that, that's, that's the best way I can think of it. But I, I hadn't thought of that, but as soon as you started explaining it, I was like, oh yeah, this is where he's going. You yep. just, you go, if you can make it past the magma, yep. you know, then you, you get to what would be the center from the other side. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now, again, I don't believe this, but devil's advocate that could be the case is that we do have a hollow earth we do have an 800 mile thick uh outer wall but also in there is magma and that's why we have plate tectonics and everything it's floating on this hot pocket of magma yep but just like any other you know theory like this much like flat earth there are people today that are going to tout this theory and, you know, try to convince people that, that it, it's absolutely that way. It's absolutely hollow. And there's absolutely a race, an ancient race of uh, beings living underneath the surface. And, you know, I don't know, you know, you just, you just got to take a lot of that with just like, okay. You know, because, there's always going to be those people, you know, mm-hmm. there, there's always going to be there. And whether they really believe it or not, you, you can't really tell, you know, some people just love taking the opposite side, you know? Sure. You know, I think there's, there's a lot of people, they just, they say stuff like, 
yeah, I'm a, I'm a flat earther just because they know it'll bug another person. Yeah, you know? a round earther. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't I don't know. I don't know. It it doesn't look that way scientifically, but it certainly is an interesting theory to discuss because yeah. as you can tell, um you know, the the from everything from dinosaurs to Nazis, you know, living down there, all bets are off when you when you open up the idea of the earth being hollow and mm-hmm. and how people could have gotten down there without even realizing it. Right. Maybe they started down there. Yeah. And then they, they came up here. We're, 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 yep. we're the product of the people that said, Hey, let's see what's going on up top. Yep. Exactly. Hey, it's not so bad up here. Let's stay. <laughs> like what the, uh, corpse bride. I always, uh, quote this. When I hear anybody say upstairs, I'm like, upstairs. Oh, I didn't know we had an upstairs. <laughs> you know? Lord, I've seen that movie so many times. <laughs> so you know exactly what uh, I'm talking yes. about. This. Upstairs. Oh, I didn't know we had an upstairs. You know, the only one of those movies I haven't seen uh, repeatedly is Frankenweenie. Oh, yeah. And you know, there, there's that whole theory that that Frankenweenie, Corpse Bride, and then... The Nightmare Before Christmas. Right. It's all the same person. Yeah. yeah. And then just a backwards yeah. uh, telling of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's that's pretty interesting, too. But we're not going to get into that. So tell us what that's you think. That's a theory for a Patreon. <laughs> that's right. Tell us what you think about Hollow Earth. You know, do, do you think, yeah, maybe it could be. Or you think, eh, you know, this is, this is just more, this is just more, more fluff, more digging up these, uh, these ancient ideas, these old theories, uh, let us know. And the best place to do that is in our Facebook group. Uh, just go on Facebook, search Graveyard Tales. You'll see our group and thousands of members sharing fantastic stories and points of view and uh, even asking for help, telling jokes. It, it's one of the best groups out there. Um, then you can slide over to our website, which is graveyardpodcast.com. There you can listen to the show. You can find links to purchase Graveyard Tales merchandise, and you can become a patron. And thank you to everyone who has donated to the show. It's it's how we keep this going for for oh, you yeah. guys, and we sincerely appreciate it. So, the Earth is not hollow. Maybe it is though. Until next time, <laughs> we'll save you a seat in the graveyard. See you soon.
Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.